Welcome to Realm, a podcast for Xennials. Hello. Hi. I have a question for you. All right. Has gnome always been spelt with a G? Yes. <laughs> Did you just it. learn that today? Apparently. Um, yeah, I uh, was trying to spell the word gnome because, you know, it's Tuesday. <laughs> and, and I was. Ah, uh, yes. The renowned Tuesday gnome. <laughs> and I was convinced it was spelled with a K and it was very I'm stupid <laughs> no I mean honestly honey the English language is stupid like it should be it should be spelled with a K night night is spelled with a K right I, like we do lots of silent K's that sound like N's but the I, English language is stupid I'm also convinced most of the time like What's that like? Your brain just like, like it's uh, like not sense memory, but like your fingers remember how to type something, even though it's that's not how it's spelt. Mm-hmm. So I always felt guilty with a Q for some reason. Ah, oh, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I have a problem with G's. I don't know. <laughs> No. Well, it's because G is a stupid letter. So listen, if you're trying to teach preschool, you hate the letter C uh-huh. and you hate the letter G. Why? So because C has no point. The letter C should not exist. It uh, either sounds like an yeah. S. Yes, I know. But that's a CH. CH could be a letter. Um, CH is yeah. a sound. Yeah. But the letter C either sounds like a K or yeah. it sounds like an S. But that's very fucking confusing to a four-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. And the letter G, the when you say the name of the letter, it says J, but that's the sound that a J makes oh. most of the time, except for giraffe. Or like you have a soft G, G makes two sounds too. So, oh. but most of the time it says G, right? Like yeah. it's, it's super dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the English language is stupid. <laughs> If we learn nothing, um, but the English language is stupid on the 20th episode Welcome of Welcome to Whelmed. <laughs> English <laughs> is dumb. <laughs> Yay, it's our 20th episode. It's our 20th episode, aww. Like we sort of like did something. <laughs> it's very exciting. You know, we've been friends for 20 years. Oh my so. God, we have. Yeah, yeah. we have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, as of this September, we've been friends for 20 years. Um, you know what else is exciting? I watched the first Christmas movie this weekend that I thought like was like like a really good Christmas movie that I'd never seen. <gasps> really? I want to know if you can guess. I absolutely cannot <laughs> because I have apparently no idea what your taste is. I'm very confused by what you like and what you don't like. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so the you're mo- an enigma wrapped in a middle. Riddle. Surrounded by mystery. In a middle? Wrapped in a middle. Surrounded by a mystery. I was so close. I was doing a great job on that quote. Now now I want to know what a middle is. Like if you're wrapped in a middle, like no? Okay. Um (laughs) um, I watched um Bad Moms Christmas. Oh, I loved Bad Moms. Um, I think I remember liking it. I think I remember liking it, but I don't remember yeah um but this was a joyous christmas movie for me Aww. 
lovely. Had the, like, the acting was good. The writing was funny. I love Christine Baranski. Oh, God, right? Um, Kristen Bell. Um, yes. Uh, so, and so like, and Catherine was- Hahn is like a fucking treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could have done without Susan Sarandon, but fine. Really? Because normally I like her. That's a bummer. I she's soured on me in the past couple years like that that's one of those where like her real life and her acting life is painting each other yeah I gotcha um I don't really know anything about that so I also think they could have picked someone more interesting than Susan Sarandon like she doesn't strike me as like down on her luck mom anymore hmm yeah interesting um but yeah I it was sort of like Finally, I, I also watched um, Operation Christmas Drop. Oh, that one was terrible. <laughs> you didn't hate it. Yeah, because, like, but how much of that was because of the dude, right? Because yeah, I just, he did nothing for me. Nothing. Um, uh, He wasn't as, like... I feel like in a lot of these Christmas movies we've been watching, like especially the Netflix ones, there's like, there's a lacking of charisma. The actors they're hiring like lack. I will say. Factor. I think the, 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 and also those dudes are not cute enough. (laughs) Like the guys in these movies are not cute enough. I, there are some exceptions. So I will say, I thought, that the the American guy in Princess Switch, which we will talk more about later, but I thought he was cute. But the uh-huh. prince guy, not cute at all. No. Like mm-hmm. so, like yeah. he just looks like a guy who would like work in a suit shop. Also, I live in LA. There are tons of cute guys here. So right, like how it's not hard to find cute actors, right? Like no, it's not hard to find cute actors. Yeah, you know I. Um, uh, Princess Switch and uh, Operation Christmas Drop produced by the same people who also oh, yeah. Dumb and Dumber. Yes, I know. They're doing like a whole, yeah, They he that guy had like a whole Hallmark movie thing and now he's brought them to Hallmark, which was, yeah. I, I appreciated, um, I, obviously we both read his Wikipedia page. <laughs> I appreciated that he uh, sort of was like, yeah, I make I like I make movies in the middle. Like I find a niche that hasn't been filled, and I do that. And I don't have to make the best movies in the world, but people are watching them. But like you, you raise a point that I feel like we keep touching on in a couple of our episodes: the good, bad movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I I I would say that Operation Christmas Drop is kind of a good, bad movie, maybe, maybe. I. W- agree with that yeah like it, it hits a little bit more of those touch points and like holiday um yeah it, it holiday just wasn't enough fun no well and like it was also badly written and badly acted and no one liked anyone and no one had like anyway <laughs> right and like you know badly written in badly acted in like a fun way, right? Like you gotta just be fucking swinging for the fences. If you're gonna make a good, bad movie, like it has to feel joyful, right? Mm. It has to just feel like everybody who's doing it is like, we are doing this shit. And like- And when I watch Bad Mom's Christmas, I was like, okay, 
they went for the ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right? They're having fun. Right? Like, yes. Like, and they did an over-the-top decoration of a Christmas house. Check. They right. did, like, overbearing, like, mom with an inappropriate relationship. Check. We have people getting drunk at the trampoline dodgeball place. I didn't know I needed that checkbox, but now I do. <laughs> um, yeah, it yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, like, and even, and it was well acted. Like, it wasn't even, I like was like, all right, I'm just going to give up on the fact that they're bad actors, like, because they weren't. Right. Well, listen, if you can do well acted, and I'll say I felt that way about Holiday in the Wild. Mm. which was the it's the same dude who's making all these fucking movies for yeah. netflix but it's rob lowe and Kristen davis who is mm-hmm. charlotte on uh, sex in the city that one's next and on my they, list yeah they it's really good like listen i have a fucking soft spot for rob lowe like a serious <laughs> soft spot for him like and his whole like he's wearing a fucking hat and he's all scruffy and like i'm into it right and like th- there's elephants the elephants are fucking adorable <laughs> but like a it was nice to see fucking adults right. right like it's so nice to see adults in these movies because i will say that i think that's something that hallmark does well is that the majority of the people who are in their movies are like in their 30s right mm-hmm. or like maybe even 40s right, right. that like they they're not making teen movies and and as a person who's getting older, I appreciate that. Like it's right. harder and harder for me. God, there was so many things lately where I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. But it, I really, well, first of all, how much I enjoyed watching, where I felt like watching Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis, I was like, oh, it's a movie with people who are my age. <laughs> and that's not technically true. I think both of them are like 50, but but it felt like I was watching adults, right? Like right. The, in the premise, like both of them have been married previously. Like this is a second chance at love, whatever. Like, and they're very charming. They do, they're good actors. These yeah. are people who are good actors. And so like, fine, the script's not the best thing you've ever, but like, they're really doing it. And you can tell they're enjoying it and you can tell they enjoy each other and they're having a good time. But I mean, I would also say good actors can do wonders for a bad script. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. First of all, Up to a point. Yes. Second but but all, so much of that has to be about like that they're really doing it, right? That like they're really going for it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they're not just like phoning it in. Do you think though that like we're excited about movies with people our own age because we're not in like the target demographic anymore of like what people create things for? I mean, yeah, like we're edging out, right? We're, we're edging out of that demographic for sure. I mean, uh, look, I, as someone who has worked in the marketing profession, like the biggest block is like the 18 to 34 year old. Right. I will never forget. It was like, it was in my thirties, um, early, early to mid thirties. And a group of friends and I, we decided to watch the VMAs that year. And I was sitting through it and I was like, oh my God, this isn't for me anymore. Like I am not the target demographic for the VMAs. Yeah, that's how I felt looking when the Grammy nominations came out. I was like, oh my God, I don't know who any of these people (laughs) are. I knew Beyonce, I know who Beyonce is. But past that, I was like, oh shit. I don't, like what the fuck is a Doja Cat? 
Oh, I know who she is. She sounds terrible. That's the worst <laughs> name for a pop star I've ever like. That is like it's like it's like the name of a lit of a litter box brand. <laughs> We're gonna get some hate mail for that one if anyone's a Doja Cat. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but we're Xennials, so right. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think there's any Gen Zers listening. I don't, I don't know if there's any artist, the like new artist that actually goes by their name anymore. First of all, second of all, like the names just keep getting weirder. Is it Billy? Is Billy Eilish's name not Billy Eilish? I don't think so. Oh, all right. I mean, the Billy uh, with the IE is so British, like, and she's not British. She's born and bred Southern California. Seriously? Yeah, she was homeschooled. Is her family British? Uh, I don't know. She's American. What? With her brother. Does she, why does she have a weird accent then? Oh, she doesn't, but okay. Huh. <laughs> I swear to God, the only thing I've ever seen her on was like the weird prom thing that John Krasinski did when he was doing some good news for like half a second. Oh. Yeah, that was back at the beginning of the pandemic, 900 years ago. <laughs> oh my God, that was so long ago. It was like April. It was a lifetime. Yeah. I know, it's, the struggle is real. Yeah, I can't listen to the radio anymore. Like I like, I keep trying to turn it on and being like, oh no, stop it. Oh God, stop it. That's awful, stop it. What is that? Right, and like, I, I feel like, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of the rap. Um, but, I, people will be so surprised from the way you said that. <laughs> I know, right? But, but I feel like music has, like pop music, does pop music exist anymore? Like we have Dua Lipa and Lady Gaga and a little Kylie Minogue, but like, who else is making pop music? I, listen, they're not playing Kylie Minogue on the radio, old man. No, they are. <laughs> right? Like, is there like a gay classic rock station? Classic pop? <laughs> classic oh pop for the gay oldies. You know what else made me feel really old? So do you remember when we were kids and, or maybe not kids, but like younger, and you would like, you'd hear your grandma listening to that weird station that's probably on AM Oh. Where it's like the instrumental versions of pop songs. No. <laughs> yeah, my, my grandma would do that where it's like Celine Dion, but like, just like, it was like a-, a There was a, mu it was like a Muzak station? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. No, I didn't um, know anything about that. Another moment that has made me feel old. There is a channel on uh, Sirius XM that is like called like Chill. It's called Chill. And they do a lot of like uh, dance cover, like low key, like chill. Like you go to a bar, like a lounge bar kind of type music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's sort of like that. It's music for our generation. So it's like the dance instrumental version of pop music that we grew up with. That sounds terrible. I enjoy oh my God. It so much. <laughs> I mean, listen, I have had to program in the classic rock stations in my car because now they play like fucking Bush. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's really traumatizing to be like classic rock and then everything Zen comes on. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm 29. <laughs> Forever. 
Fine, fine. I'm 32. Oh my gosh. I'm sticking with that one. But it's weird, right? Like, I mean, age, I know this is cliche, but age is so relative. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I don't feel 40 men psychologically. Well, and listen, it's all about how you live too, because like, we, I, I, you know, I'm obsessed with Great British Bake Off right now. And so like an episode or two ago, they started, they uh, like happened to casually mention that Prue, who's one of the judges on that show is 80. Oh my And God. I swear to God, if you had a gun to my head, I would have said she was like 61 years old. Like she looks phenomenal and she's just like living her life. You know what I mean? Like she's on a TV show. She's funny. She like loves it when bakers put alcohol in the drinks, in the cakes. They put drinks in the cakes. Mm -hmm. They make cakes out of drinks. Like she loves that shit. So I'm just saying it's all about how you live too. Wouldn't you say like, I mean, in my experience with my grandparents, it's when they like started to stop doing things when mm -hmm. like it started to slip. Yep. That's my experience too. Like my, my paternal grandmother, she never dealt properly with her arthritic knees and to the point where it, she got so old that having the surgery wasn't worth it anymore. But like, it just kept preventing her from doing stuff and doing stuff and doing stuff. And finally, like she was really housebound. Right. Well, and I think you just have to have, I think you have to have interests, right? Like you have to, you have to be participating in the world. And so like, if you stay at home and you watch TV, then that's not, that's not much to feed your spirit and keep you going, right? Like getting old is hard. Like it's hard, it's hard now. Like it's hard transitioning from being in my twenties to being in my thirties, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> which I totally am. And not, not knocking on 40. Forever. I will be in my 30s forever. But you know, things are a little creakier than they used to be. Right. You don't recover from a benzer like you used to, or even just like a couple of beers. All right. You're like, shit, I had three beers and I have a hangover. Uh fuck you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like it's it's harder and, and it just keeps, you know, I know that keeps going, but you have to you just stay, you have to stay involved you just stay like engaged and you just stay you have to keep interests right yeah. like yeah. I love the little old ladies who were just like I'm learning karate and now I'm gonna be a now I'm gonna run a dojo and like I'm becoming an artist or <laughs> right like the lady who was um a couple of years ago she got nominated for an Oscar for ne Nebraska something about Nebraska uh, okay I don't know. It was a very quiet, you know, indie. It was sure. not a movie that I saw, right? <laughs> um, but that she didn't start acting until she was in her 70s. Right. And it was just like, she got this, she was great. And she got a, an Oscar nomination. And, you know, she was like 82. Like, that's great. I heard somewhere that people are in their like 60 to 80 are like the most productive parts of people's lives. Something like that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's how you're living it, right? Like, it absolutely can be. Like, you don't have to. You, you, if you get to retire, right? Like, if you, if you're lucky enough to have that financial freedom and you can retire, then like all of a sudden you have all this time. And what are you going to do with it? And like, do you want to write a book? Do you want to become a painter? Do you want to become an actor? Do you want to learn how to scuba dive or do karate or whatever? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh man, speaking of karate, um, 
Interesting um, to see where this goes. No, because um, we also watched um, Happiest Season. How did you do that as a transition? What the hell does that have to do with karate? No, Mary Sternberg, I'm, I'm, I'm giving things away. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, at the end of the movie, M- Mary Sternberg's like, I want to do karate. Like, I've never done karate. Oh, never, maybe that's where I got that right from. That's true. Yeah, you're right. At the end, like, that was her secret, is that she'd always, she'd wanted to learn how to do karate, and it wasn't, like, appropriate for... And one of the things that I thought was a totally missed opportunity was her secretly doing karate throughout the whole movie. Oh. <laughs> There were a lot of missed opportunities in that movie. Yeah. Like I I enjoyed it, but I just it I felt like it was really a missed opportunity. It's gonna fall. It's you know, I uh my friend uh Bobby I think said it really well. Um it's a cute movie for straight people. Um and you know, I think if we extract the the gay slant of it for a second um Mm -hmm. you know it's okay i think it'll just fall into the like haze of holiday movies that you know tried but didn't you know it's not gonna make it as like something that i think people right it's not gonna become a hollywood classic a holiday classic at all Mm -hmm. yeah or Uh, even like a rom-com classic no because it's not i mean it's not funny enough well, it is a rom. I disagree with that. I thought it was funny. I thought the youngest sister in it, I forget her name though, um, was hilarious. Jane. Yes. Yes, she absolutely was. Best part of the movie, in my opinion. Um, yes. other than her and Aubrey Plaza. Movie, you know, let's be honest, we tuned in because of Dan Levy. We and, did. We did. Um, for our listeners, while leading up to the episode, uh, we kept calling it the Dan Levy movie because we couldn't remember the title. <laughs> Because like, look, I know Kristen Stewart's in it, but we're not watching it because of her. Cause like, it's not like she's known for like her rom-com movies. Right, like I don't, yeah. I I don't actually think I've ever seen a Kristen Stewart movie before this. You've never seen Twilight? No. Oh. Why would I see Twilight? Because it's, they're good, bad movies. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're bad enough. We'll agree to disagree on those. Yeah. Also, there's just like a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, it's just a lot. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't particularly like any of those people. Like I just, whatever. So yeah. I mean, there's, then there's the gay part of happiest season, which like could be kind of offensive depending on how you're looking at it. Because like, this is like, the, oh my God, I haven't come out to my parents because they might not love me anymore feels like such a 90s gay movie. It, bro. it did feel very dated. Yeah, I agree with that. And and so almost offensive in that, like, like th- this is... Well, and I will say it was Clea Duvall's story and it was the story she wanted to tell, right? So like, that's what, the, in all the articles that I've read where she's talking about it and she's very, this is the story that she wanted to tell. And I understand that like, this is you processing, right? Like you're processing your story, but in that way, you are, she is a zenial, right? Like she's yeah. our age. Yeah. And so it is a story from 20 years ago. Like that isn't, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that people would not have that experience yeah. now. People absolutely would have that experience yeah. now. Yeah. Of course they would. 
Um, but it did feel a little disappointing that like, I don't know. I just thought it could have, there just could have been a more interesting, I just think there was more interesting story there. I honest to God at one point thought that the way it was going to end was that she was, that Kristen Stewart was going to end up with Aubrey Plaza. Oh. The ex-girlfriend. Um, the other missed opportunity that I wanted at the end was that Dan Levy was going to end up with the dude they kept trying to set up the gay daughter with. Oh, right. That would have been super cute, too. Because they had that, they like, it felt like they- They had, like, with, right? Like, there was, like, a thing. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it go anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, oh, my God. That would make me happy. That would make me so happy as a gay man who tuned in to watch Dan Levy. So Dan Levy doesn't get anyone? Okay, I'm kind of upset now. Right. No, I mean, I get it. Like it just, it, it very much was following the rom-com formula. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, I am happy to see people who are, I'm happy to see a lesbian couple with a happy ending, right? Like I get that there are not very many, there are not very many. And this is the, this is the first move, like movie that features like a gay love story that has been backed by a major studio. This is the first one. And it was supposed to be in theaters. Like had it not been for the pandemic, it would have been in theaters. Though like the, I don't, I'm, I realize like this is what happens in rom-coms. You, you forgive them so that there's a happy ending, but like, right. I don't know. I, I didn't feel like that's like, I didn't feel like Kristen should forgive her either. So. No, I understood. I mean, I understand like the, for, that piece of it, the forgiveness was very easy. I wanted her, like, I was disappointed that the choice got taken away from her, yeah. right? Not from Kristen Stewart, but from the other one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't remember what her name was. Me uh, but the the you know Kristen Stewart's girlfriend, the actress's name is Mackenzie Davis, so we'll just call her Mackenzie. Um, I was disappointed that the choice got taken away from Mackenzie, so that someone else told on her. She didn't get to tell it herself, not. and so I thought she was going to be the one to come around and to uh, and to say like that would have I love that would have been different, right? It would have felt different if she'd yeah. been the one to make that choice, but the choice got made for her. And then when she denied it, I thought, oh, Kristen Stewart's going to leave, and the happy ending is going to be the ex girlfriend, which you know, from from the lesbians that I know and love, dating your ex-girlfriend's ex-girlfriend is actually pretty on point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. From the lesbians I know as well. Right. I think that's pretty lesbian culture. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been super cute. And like Aubrey Plaza was fucking killing it in that movie. Like she was hot as shit. Mm. And like just, oh, mm. loved her. Loved her. Loved everything well, about her. Uh, I, I, was, I was happy for the... The drag queens they highlighted, uh, Jinx Monsoon and um, Bendela Krem are, are fan faves of mine. So I was- Oh, they were great. Highlighted. They're right, just- like, I wanna go to that bar. Um, they actually, we should do this uh, sometime when, you, if you ever come visit, they actually do a big traveling Christmas tour when COVID does not happen. Great, um, listen, as soon as COVID's over, I'm gonna be on a plane every goddamn weekend. I'm going <laughs> everywhere and anywhere, I don't care. I'm buying Groupons to Bucharest. I don't even give a shit. Like, I'm not even entirely sure where Bucharest is, yo. And I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Put me on a plane. Where Bucharest is, yo? 
<laughs> I was excited. Um, okay, so I feel like we've been talking about not liking shit. <laughs> <laughs> not, I mean that yeah basically right like be better be better Netflix that's basically what we mean and also Hulu happiest season was on Hulu right. so be better but, I but that's like their strategy right the quantity over quality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, that is Netflix's thing right and you know it it baffles my mind because we read the same article that talked about holiday we're we keep bashing on holiday <laughs> yeah so, but it sucked yeah like, it was bad and it was like the week it aired well i don't know if you remember the exact details like the week it aired it was like the 25th most streamed thing mm-hmm. yeah i think that's right which like just baffles me like you know so my first question is 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 this just like a covid thing where people are okay watching bad shit because that's apparently why emily and paris got renewed um, because I, I I have not I have now talked to yet another person who's watched it and said the same things you did. Yeah, she goes to cool places and she's kind of cute and she wears cute outfits, but it's not a good show. Right. Um, but it got renewed. So, you know, it's really interesting to me to see like sort of the categories of what these streaming platforms are doing. Right, that like everybody's trying to find an identity. Right, so you have Netflix, which is quantity over quality. Mm -hmm. For sure. HBO, which is, I would say, is the inverse. I mean, historically they have been, right? But now with HBO Max, it feels like they're, it feels like they're shifting. So, and then there's like sort of NBC, which is something in the middle, Peacock. Right. Um, but like, I guess, like what? Okay, if we were to create the most amazing streaming service ever, mm-hmm. what would that look like? So for me, I am a rewatcher, right? Mm-hmm. Like not everybody is, but I am a rewatcher. I love a rewatch. Um, so I appreciate, I want to be able to rewatch Friends and West Wing and Parks and Rec and the Marvel Universe and all of my um, USA Network shows, Psych mm-hmm. and Burn Notice and whatnot. Um, I want to be able to rewatch that stuff. And then after that, I appreciate that there are choices, but Netflix feels very overwhelming to me sometimes. Sometimes I think I rewatch stuff because yeah. I cannot deal with the idea of trying to figure out what the fuck to watch. Yes. And I, I'm also starting to get from Netflix that it's like, it's not actually that their content's not actually that original. It's sort of ripoffs at this point. Like, they have a rip-off Vampire Diaries. They have a rip-off the Hallmark Holiday movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ripping off, you know, the romp, like, you know, et cetera. Like, so it's, like, I guess what's getting tainted for me is that it's, like, the quality is not up to par. So why am I going to keep watching original stuff from them? Right. Although, I mean, they, they, they do have 
The Crown, which is like, right, the best show yeah. available out right now. As far as the drama goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they, you know, they've had a number of Emmy, right? I mean, like they got the most Emmy nominations last year and this year mm-hmm. because of The Crown and Stranger Things and Ozark and what else uh oh dead to me and the kaminsky method which i didn't really i didn't have anything to do with that but we're not old enough we're not old enough for the community we're not not there yet but it's interesting because to me so they literally are just trying to rip off everybody and netflix is spending more money they spent 17 billion dollars this past year doing original content and they're going they're planning to be spending 28 billion dollars by billion with a b guys billion with a b oh my god billion like 26 billion dollars that is a ridiculous amount of money and they have these huge deals so like they stole the game of thrones guys from disney plus well for 250 million dollars i don't know that deal might have fallen through actually Uh, well and they've got Ryan Murphy for like $300 million. So basically they're just like, they just want, their strategy is just, we are going to make everything. Mm-hmm. We're going to make everything for everybody because we want your eyeballs. We do not want you to switch platforms. Like we want there to always be something else. Well, they're trying to Netflix. operate like a social media platform, like what Facebook is, is trying to do, where you they don't want you to leave Facebook. Right. So... Like if you post a link now, their algorithm, like if and if that link is gonna take you out of Facebook, then they deprioritize that post of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, think, I mean, I, and it's why Netflix is doing like the automatic preview thing where like it starts playing like when you click on it, which makes mm-hmm. me bonkers. Yeah. Like Oh yes, you can. You have to go in. You have to go in through the browser. But yes, you can turn it off. I had to figure it out because it was making me mental. Like I could not deal with it. So you're saying, as far as content, there needs to be a balance, right? That like I I want there to be new content, but I just there can't be so much that I get overwhelmed and like can't fucking deal. Because I think in a way, like something I've thought about before is I want to be told in a way like what Netflix wants me to care about. And right now they have so much content to your point. Mm. Like I don't know what they want me to care about. Right. Because every time you get on, there's like a new thing up at the top of like, watch this. What about this? What about this? What about this? And like their algorithm should be sophisticated enough at this point that like you can give me good suggestions based on what I have watched. Mm-hmm. And I realize that it gets a little bit complicated because Steve and I watched, and so like he watches stuff without me. And so it is a little complicated that like sometimes it suggests stuff that is more him than me, right. but <clears throat> that, that your algorithm should be sophisticated enough. They have all these really tiny little categories, right? Like you want yeah. like witty British sitcoms or feel good, nostalgic movies, right? Right. right. Like, and I appreciate that. I like those actually. Like, I think that's good, but I don't know how to find those categories other than what you put up there. And like, why can't I go find those? Would you like, maybe not split up the platform, but like maybe designate things more, not vividly, more like candidly. So like, maybe the movies have a Netflix logo, but the logo is like slightly different. So I know that this is a, a movie for Netflix and not like just a series when I'm browsing or 
Mm. Or maybe they have a different logo for what they consider their like signet, like, you know, if if like the crown is part of Netflix. It's like Netflix signature, signature. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Right. Like, like this is the stuff we're really proud of. This is the yeah. stuff we really like. This is the this stuff is the that's stuff really good. Watch this. Fun, you right. Yeah. This is not forged in fire. <laughs> <laughs> or like Holiday spent a lot of money on for a piece of crap. Right. And like, that's the thing with the Christmas movies. It's easy, right? Because like they, they made six of them. They put six of them right there. Like they're right there. Like if you oh. look for Christmas, they all pop up right at the top and I can watch any of them because they're all going to be exactly the fucking same. Pretty much. And that's fine. And I know I like that. So like, where is that for like, if I look for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you should show me uh, uh, other shows that are like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's next? I, I finished watching that. Like, yeah. So, okay. So balance, maybe rethink categorization, mm -hmm. um, you know, an easy, an easy fix. And I think Netflix does do this well. Their platform is really user-friendly. Oh, them. their platform Our, is so user-friendly. Yeah. Maybe it's because the first one we all got used to, but they, they, they did that right. Yeah. And I, the what, HBO Max platform sucks. Oh my God. It's so bad. Yeah. It's really bad. It's very weird. And Peacocks isn't much better. To be honest. See, I haven't used Peacock yet because mm -hmm. we don't. I don't have it on my on the Fire Stick. Yeah, so like I, I may actually just do it on my laptop because I really do want to watch the Saved by the Bell stuff. <laughs> um, but I'm really hoping. I mean, honestly, the majority of my rewatch stuff is NBC Universal stuff, and so if they get all of their things eventually. Because they're going to, like, they're not going to have West Wing because that is that is Warner Brothers. So that's going to be on HBO Max. And so is Friends. Um, yeah. But Parks and Rec and Brooklyn and all of the stuff from USA Network, that's all NBC yeah. Universal. Um, and so, like, Psych is already on there. And I think Parks and Rec is, too, because they pulled it from Netflix. Um, and so I really would, like, I might cancel Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, in favor of NBC Universal, if I had it like on my, if I could get it on my TV and it would be easy. Right. There is though, I had didn't couldn't figure out how to do it, but there is a Hulu Disney Plus ESPN package. There is. They basically like give you a discount on your Hulu hmm. if you have Disney Plus because ah. we have both. Right. So right. Yes. That, that brings up another point, right? Like, so yeah. I feel like. For me, there are a couple of shows on CBS All Access. Um, there's Apple Plus, which, you know, they're they're trying, but there's just not enough on there there's, for yeah. to like be You have to have something that's gonna make a splash. Yeah. Like so if you're coming there, new. There's, you know, the couple of platforms that I'm gonna subscribe to regularly. And then there's right. some that, you know, I'm gonna pay for a month or two so I binge everything and then yeah. Well, and I think like for a network like CBS, I think that's their strategy, right? That like they they do the like the Star Trek or whatever, because they know that the Star Trek nerds are going to pay for that for a couple of months. Yeah. And then they do. So they do that one in the spring and then they do like the what, what is the sequel to The Good Wife? 
Oh, The Good Fight. I love that show. Right. Yes. My parents do too. So like they'll pay for it for that couple of months. Mm-hmm. But like CBS is the number one network on TV. So they, they're they getting into the streaming game just because everybody else is getting into the streaming game. But they don't super care because all of the Midwest that's not streaming anything because they don't have decent internet access is just watching CBS. You know what I thought was really interesting though? You've always had to pay for CBS All Access. Like since day one, whereas the other mm-hmm. networks had an app, but you could watch it for free with your cable password. CBS right. always had to pay for them. Yeah. But they're actually merging platforms with Paramount Plus. So those two are coming together at some point in the not too distant future. I didn't even realize Paramount Plus was a streaming service. Well, so Paramount Plus is a streaming service for the the movie studio, but now that they're part of CBS, they're going to come together. And then Viacom also owns MTV, VH1, Logo, the Paramount Network, which used to be Spike. Mm. So like, that's all going to come together. Right. Well, and that's basically what you're going to end up with, right? Like, so it's basically just, it's going to end up being networks all over again, right? Like we're going to end up with the big five, except the big five are going to be Netflix, Disney, which also includes Hulu, right? And ESPN and ABC is all, that's all one. And then NBC Universal Comcast is all one and Warner Brothers. And then like CBS Viacom is all one. And so you're going to end up with the big five again. And then you got to, it's, it's going to be like, it's going to be the same as networks. It's just that you have to like vacillate between all your different platforms to get the stuff that you want. What's going to happen to the tennis channel? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have its own streaming service. It's going to be called white people TV. <laughs> do you think, do you, uh, do you think though that like um, the networks are going, you know, it, uh, Apple Plus will be thrown in there at some point too, but um, uh, I don't really think so. I don't really think Apple Plus is going to survive. You might be right. I mean, like, because they're going to have to spend a lot of money to compete, making a. They're going to have to spend money. a lot of money to compete, and they came out with like this big splash. And I'm saying, like, I have had Apple Plus for free because I bought a new phone this year, and I have yet to watch anything on it. I watched the morning show and an LGBT documentary and that was it. And then I canceled it. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's watched it. So I just don't think they're going to have to do something super fucking splashy and expensive to try to compete. Or, or buy a studio that has a back catalog of content because mm-hmm. they just, you, there's not enough to stay on the platform. Right. Um, Which is right. This back to Netflix strategy of like, you have to have enough so that people don't leave. Well, then that was the thing about Netflix. They 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 started with a back catalog, right? Because like they were the first streaming platform, and at first mm-hmm. it wasn't original content. It was yeah, like the rentals. Um, but okay, so we would you say though that like the platforms would start to specify genre, or do you think that they'd stick multi-genre? I mean, I. I would think because they're already going to be based in catalogs that they're going to have to stay multi-genre, right? Like, I think at the same way that you sort of think of the networks as having personalities, I think like the big five streaming are going to start to have personalities, right? Mm -hmm. So like you, it's taken a while, but you think of CBS as like 
CBS is a little older. It's definitely a little whiter. It's definitely yeah. right. Like ABC is much more multicultural. ABC yeah. is pretty family oriented. Yeah. NBC is like procedurals and edgy comedies. Like that's what they've been is like procedurals and hip comedies. Although they certainly are not doing hip comedies right this minute, mm. but they did just finish doing The Good Place, right? So, which is one of the best sitcoms in the last 20 years, I think. So, I hopefully maybe some maybe they'll maybe they'll get their swing back, but that like they have these personalities, right? And so I think I think the I think the streaming services are going to start to have personalities too. Like, right? Netflix is going to be like because it's just, it's like the grandfather of it, right? And so it's just the first one that everybody goes to. It's the first one you click on. It's the, unless you know you're looking for something if, else. If Netflix was a relative at your Thanksgiving table, who would it be? <laughs> I think Netflix is like the patriarch of the family, right? Like it's steady. It's predictable. Uh-huh. It's, it's pretty, it, it sometimes has flashes of brilliance. This is not my patriarch, obviously. Because my <laughs> father is a brilliant genius all the time. But I'm just saying like in a, gen- in a generic family kind of way. Sometimes you catch it on a good day, but most of the time it's pretty like nondescript. Wisdom, but like most of the time, like grandma's it's had a little, it. It's a little checked out maybe, right? Yeah. Like you, you just, you're just watching stuff to be watching stuff. It's like dad's watching golf in the afternoon, right? Like they're not paying attention. They're just watching shit. Right? Yes. I do have to say watching golf in the afternoon is very soothing because like they all talk with very dulcet hush. Oh, listen, it makes for a great nap background, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You can nap the shit out of a golf game, (laughs) which is like, I think mostly what dads are doing, right? Um, No, I like this. Okay, so let's keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Um, So ABC, Disney is obviously the mom, right? like, Like suburban mom though. But I'm saying like, it's like, so it's like, it's like soapy stuff, mm-hmm. right? On ABC, ABC does a lot of soaps and dramas, oh, right? Like mom yeah. dramas and it's kid friendly. They've got all the Disney stuff, mm-hmm. but like also she, she's a little cool though. Like, you know, she's not city mom. She's suburban mom. Okay. Cause like, she's I, not I, quite ready for all the edge. But she's still hip enough that she can like chill. Right. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's edge, she's edging in that direction. Now are you, you're you're grouping Hulu, ABC, and and Disney. Disney, all- right. All in one. Yeah. Okay, NBC Comcast, Peacock. That's the oldest brother. He's not quite as cool as he thinks he is, and he's certainly <laughs> not as cool as he used to be, right? <laughs> Oh my God, but, you described my life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's still fun to have around. And Aww, like, I love you, like you like the familiar stuff, right? The stories, yeah. like he's got good stories from back in the day. Oh my God, you totally just described me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun with this. Um, okay, then we have, okay, so CBS Par- Paramount. I feel like that's just like, that uncle that comes by sometimes. <laughs> He's like not always there though. And you don't really care. You're like, oh, Uncle, Uncle Fred. Hey, I didn't know you were coming to Thanksgiving. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. You watching, you watching some Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> 
you want to talk about Star Trek? Is he, is, is he is he the uncle like in Bridget Jones who also like squeezes Bridget's butt occasionally? No, no, not the creepy uncle. No, <laughs> he's a lovely uncle. Right. He just he only comes around so often, and he just doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. Have, you know, he just only kind of talks about the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. Uh, okay. Uh, what do we have left? Um. It's uh, Warner Brothers HBO Max. Okay. And that one is the wild card, right? Yeah. Because it's a weird pairing, right? That's like because expensive. Yeah, like HBO has been historically like HBO content, right? Is like that's like the edgy, like that's the that's the sister like who that's like the lesbian sister who comes to dinner and like wants to spout socialist propaganda and like ruffle everybody's feathers at dinner, right? Like it's edgy, and it's dark. And it's like different. An Describer is sort of like a mean girl who's really high on herself, but like, like, sort of might not is like losing cool factor because they're watering down their brand. Right, and I, I think, I think that's, I think that's a legit worry, for, like, and it should like, be a legit worry. For girl, her girl, girl that was super popular in high school, but now that she's in college, where it's broad. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right, where she's got a lot more competition. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she started hanging out with people who aren't quite as interesting. Like, because all of the rest of the Warner Brothers catalog, right? Like, they have all the DC stuff that's, like, mm -hmm. so, bad. so bad. And, like, Turner classic movies. Like, nobody was looking. And then there's, like, this random British girl she hangs out with. Because, like, they have all the Doctor Who and, like, other random British shows. Well, it's very strange. And Warner Brothers has also been tapping into its um, uh, cartoon library, too, to, and updating mm -hmm. it. They have a new Scooby-Doo. Right. There's a new Tom and Jerry, I think, coming out. There's a new Yogi Bear coming out. Sure, and they do, and all the DC stuff has cartoons that go along right. with it too, right? Which are very popular. Yeah. Um, and Marvel has that too, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, and so like, and you know, Disney is always going to do that better. Like, yes, Disney is always going to do that better than you, no matter what you do. Disney is always going to be better at kid stuff than you are. Right. Like, it doesn't matter Netflix. Oh, see, like we did the Jingle Jangle on which is the new like kids movie that's on Netflix, the Christmas one. And it was really bleh. Yeah, I have not heard good things about it. I was really disappointed because I will say the girl, this was another thing that made me feel super old, by the way. The girl who is like the, she's the breakout star, right? And she is a kid. Okay, she is a kid. But still, I was like, oh, I wonder if she's been anything in anything before. Like, no, this is like her first major thing. She feels like a Broadway star, right? Like, she's just got this great mm -hmm. presence and this amazing little voice. And she was born in 2008. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. I, like, have outfits that are older than this child <laughs> who is on television right now like oh my god holy shit i might be wearing something currently that is older than this child wow yeah yeah so oh. she's great but the rest of the movie is very like meh yeah yeah uh, so you know if anyone's listening while it might seem very chaotic we just mapped out the perfect streaming service <laughs> We did, we did. And I think also like people are gonna end up making choices, right? Like you, you can't do all of those things. Like you can't, although you can do all five of them and then you're gonna end up paying the 150 bucks you used to pay I, for cable. Yeah. 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 Because Netflix just raised their price. So they're gonna be 13.99. Yeah, have, Hulu just raised theirs as well. 
Yeah, and then you have Warner Brothers HBO Max at entry price point was 15 or 16 bucks. At 16, yeah. Or 16.99. Like it's expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and Peacock has a free option and then it's like 5 bucks a month if you want to do ad free, but I don't They have three tiers. It's the free oh. There's the, like, you have access to everything, but there are still some ads. And then there's the $10 one that's no ads. I think that's what Hulu did to start off with, too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then they, I mean, Hulu jacks up their prices on the regular. And I quickly did the $12.99 because I can't deal with ads anymore. Oh, right. I know. They're terrible. <laughs> You know, interestingly though, it, they they're showing up more. But I I am not I'm not paying for Peacock right now. But I'm watching um some Parks and Rec on it. And when I first started watching it, they only had an ad at the beginning and the end. And I was like, I can deal with that. Um, mm -hmm. but now they've started putting them in traditional commercial breaks. And it's not a full ad break, but it's still like, oh, ads. I forgot. Right? Like it's yeah. It just feels really. It feels really weird to me now to like break it up. Like I actually genuinely probably wouldn't mind if it was at the beginning and the end. But like if you're breaking, like now it feels weird to break up the show. Yeah. Do you feel like, like, so with Facebook, when we first all started on Facebook, there were no ads. Mm. But now there are ads all the time, like to the point, like it's a lot. But it's basically um, all ads and Facebook is dumb. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm curious to see if like a Netflix is going to end up going that route at some point, like after they feel like they have enough viewers because they want additional revenue streams. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because at some point Netflix is going to tap out in viewers, right? Like at some point there's a ceiling for them. I mean, I don't know that they have it now because they have like what 200 million subscribers well, I worldwide or whatever, but like. I wonder when they switch their model to start creating more quality as opposed to quantity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, you know, I'm sure HBO like dealt with that. Like I'm sure they lost a ton of subscribers when Game of Thrones ended. Sure. Yeah. That like, you've got to, yeah. I mean, and I think that's probably part of the quantity strategy, right? Is that like, if you're making everything, mm -hmm. then like something is the crown. Right something is game of thrones like something yeah. is the uh, handmaid's tale or whatever yeah, else you're like on netflix they have mm -hmm. yeah exactly whatever your lightning in a bottle thing is right uh -huh. and sometimes you're surprised you don't know what that's going to be right so like they got great british bake-off like they knew it was a big deal in england but i can't imagine that they thought it was going to turn into like they they've switched the format. Like now those episodes come out once a week because people are like, it is appointment viewing on Netflix now. Um, I, I that's really interesting because also I think something similar happened um, with uh, Schitt's Creek because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. unless you had True TV, which is not a very known, sorry Pop TV, which is not very well known. I'd never heard of it before that show. Um, you know and. It was, if you didn't have pop TV and you didn't- Is it Canadian? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it first aired on the Canadian Broadcast Network. Um, and so you had to wait until it came out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that's also interesting. It's hard to tell sometimes what is actually a Netflix made movie versus something they acquired. Right, yeah. 
So the new Aaron Sorkin movie that's come out on Netflix was actually mm-hmm. made by Paramount. But Paramount decided right. they weren't going to release it theatrically and they don't have the eyeballs that Netflix does on their feature platform. Right. Well, and I think part of that is this year too, right? So like there've been a bunch, I mean, we were talking about that with Happiest Season. Like there are a bunch of movies that were supposed to be released in the theater that have gone to streaming services that would not have done a first run on a streaming service. Most likely they would have ended up in a theater because like Netflix is going to have to pay a shit ton of money to get something that like to make up for what it would have made in a theater, right? Right, right. Well, and, and it, it, it's interesting also to think that, you know I, know, I know we're having another golden age of television right now with so much content. Um, and, you know, the number of movies the studios have been releasing every year has been dwindling. But, and I think we talked about this in another episode, but I think they're going to start, all the studios, I think are going to start creating more lower budget movies to mm-hmm. increase the demand because they're they're all looking into changing their video on demand schedules and moving the window up when you can start doing like kind of a pay-per-view or, or streaming rental a lot right. sooner that's actually gonna coincide with the theatrical release. And to make up for the dollars lost in theatrical release, they're gonna create more content. Right, which is great actually because like you kind of miss the like middle the the middle movies were nice, right? All, like those have gone away in the past bunch of years, and yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, the studios will figure out, and maybe this is me being bougie, but figure out a way to make us have elevated thoughts about a movie that's only really streaming because it sort of feels like it's a it's a TV movie, right? In a way. Right, like historically movies that have come on to something that you can watch at home have been not good enough to be right. in a theater, right? right? And so like they're going to have to work hard to like shift that mindset um, if they want to convince people in a non-COVID year that like it was good enough to release in a theater. We just chose to put it on Netflix instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to take some marketing. Yeah. Um, uh, Megan? Yes, Chad. What are we whelmed about this week? Oh my God. I, we have talked about a number of the Netflix Christmas movies, which obviously we have been very much enjoying this week. Or not. Um, and I will, <laughs> I will say that the one I was the most whelmed about, um, if, forgive me, Rob Lowe's facial hair, but it was Princess Switch 2 switched again. <laughs> oh, Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, fucking Vanessa Hutchins and her <laughs> shitty British accent. This is the that's, epitome that's of a good, bad movie to me. Plural. Accents, plural. That's true. And here's what's weird to me. She was way better at the harder British accent uh-huh. than she was at, like, the Queen's English. Yeah. I was like, what are you... How How are you better at, like, this, like, low-rent Essex, like, accent that Honestly, you're doing with the blonde wig there's on? More, there's more similarities to the way people talk in that accent than the Queen's English. In, you in, think America, so? in America and in England. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was very, that is the epitome of a good, bad movie to me. So like, I am just cackling like for the first five minutes, right? Like I was laughing so hard. They, they start, you, you like come into this movie and they are at an international cake competition, you guys. And the cake that won I laughed so hard when they announced what cake won. I mean, I literally had to like pause the movie and like take a moment. Really? Because, 
I, it was, you understand, see, that's the kind of stuff that I love to laugh at in these things is like, they have five of these cakes up there. One of them is just a gingerbread house. The cake that won is just like a regular, like three tiered white cake with some fake holly on it. Like that holly wasn't even made out of food. And as a person who has a sister-in-law for all pretends and purposes, who is an like international cake superstar, who I, I know what like an international winning cake is supposed to look like. And I thought it was so funny. It just is hilarious to me. I, I was not whelmed. <laughs> yeah. I the switch too. By the way, we're talking about the sequel, not the original. That's uh, true. Neither one of us watched the original one. No, <laughs> I'm sure it's exactly the same. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, there are obviously like a couple of things that I missed, but like it didn't really matter. Um, oh, no, I don't think it matters at all. I like two things that came to mind when I was watching it. One, you oversold it to me. <laughs> two. There were a plethora of moments that I was like, this would have been so much fun to watch with you drunk and like make fun of it, like the shit out of it. Um, yeah, see, I don't even need to be drunk to do that. I just sit there and make fun of it myself and have a great time. So I think the the, the thing that like, I, I totally get why you like it. And I think yeah. what didn't sit well with me with it was that it, it felt like this is something you watch on the Disney channel for like a tween girl. And it was a oh. little too saccharine for me. Yeah, see, here's the thing. I am a tween girl. In my heart. <laughs> In my heart. In my heart. And I love things that seem like they should have been on the Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love, I like, I think they're funny. Like I adore like bad blocking, like in the little romantic scene between the, the, the princessy girl and well, shit, they're both princesses because it's the second movie. So the one with the accent, the one uh, who's going to be queen, the one who's going to be queen. Yes. We'll call her the queen. So between the queen and the cute guy, they're like little scene in Santa's village or whatever, where they're like, confessing their their love to each other and she just like walks away a little bit and like stands there and stares at nothing like literally nothing and then like he walks over to her and then like they switch and he walks away and stares at nothing and she and I'm just (laughs) laughing the whole time like I love it so much and I love like the Christmas decorating scene we're just like oh my god that bothered (laughs) me so much and I was like why is a queen and a princess carrying things? This is right, they're carrying, they're carrying all, right. They definitely do not have servants who right. Uh, decorate. Right, there's definitely not like a person who's in charge of decorating a fucking queen palace for Christmas. Like, if they're really a queen with all this money. Why are they putting up the decorations themselves? You know, also, I really wanted, I wanted like a more prominent role for like one of the queen's advisors, like to be like the goofy confidant or um you know what i mean like how in princess diaries um the the drive the chauffeur ends up being like sort of more of a more impactful character and right comedy ensues blah 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 blah. like i wanted a little bit more of that yeah i get that yeah yeah the um the the guy who was her advisor like yeah i fucking hated his face so much so much every time he came on i just yell at the screen like i just yell at how much i hate his face i feel like maybe the next step is that we should do we should do like a live watch of one of these movies and people can join us and listen to us 
make fun and have a great time watching one of these really crappy movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Well, I'm sorry you were underwhelmed, but I'm glad you enjoyed Operation Christmas Drop, which is basically the exact same fucking thing. Uh, yeah, I felt like there was more of like an underdog, like do good for the world thing, which kind of hooked me a little bit too. Uh-huh. Right. You didn't feel like it was just an ad for the Air Force? Yeah. And, I mean, because uh, it is. <laughs> I also really, 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 really was upset that they couldn't give Virginia Madsen a blowout. Like, did you not have enough money to get, like, comb her hair? Right? Yeah. <laughs> she. I mean, like, fine when she was on the island or whatever, but, like, when she was in D.C. Right? Like. Yeah. Make her look like a congresswoman. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I do really like Cat Graham, though. Um, I didn't, I'm indifferent. Mm, I like her a lot. I find her very watchable. And the guy, like, yeah, I'm not going to rush out to see another one of his movies, but he was in, if he's in my bed, I will be rushing home. <laughs> um, oh, Megan, where can people find us? Well, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Whelmed podcast and we would love for you to come chat with us and tell us what you liked and what you didn't like and what crappy christmas movies you're watching uh you can listen wherever you're listening right this very minute right now um (laughs) yeah you can also it would be great if you want to rate or review us or share us with people we sure would appreciate it we would love for people to find us that can be our christmas present from you (laughs) <laughs> but thank you for listening we sure do appreciate it <laughs> that's so southern of you and lovely i love them <laughs> and i love you too oh what would i do without you I never have to worry about that Maybe.